But we are already live, right? Yes. All right. So welcome everyone to Kingdom Conversations, where we're talking about the supernatural and prophetic encounters with the Word of God. And I am Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship in, say it with me, San Jose, California, where we are located at? 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard. Come on. San Jose, California. Zip code. And our phone number is. Come on. Yes, it is. It's just that um, if you were a choir, I would have to sit you down and we start over. Okay. But thank you. Y'all got all that because they'll, they'll put it up online. And I'm sure that if we're actually live on Facebook tonight, then um, it will also be <laughs> as as they go ahead and put it up. What we're going to do tonight, we're going to pray, because that's what we like to do. I'm going to welcome the folks that have joined us live at the Trade Zone itself. We're going to have that little discussion. Eventually, they'll turn off the AC because it gets, what happens is here, we don't seem to have a medium temperature. It's either really cold in here or it's really hot in here. And I don't know why it is that, I guess because we're not compromisers, so it gets to one extreme or the other. But if you were here, you could be munching popcorn because it smells like a lot of popcorn in this place. And um, there's a, a whole lot of activity that's going on. But we'll bring you in on the fun as we continue. Like I said, first of all, we're going to pray, and then we'll take it from there. Father, we bless you, praise you, we thank you for the precious blood that has been shed for us. This has been a day of different, differing emotions. People that we know that have had to say goodbye to children and their families because of accidents and harm that, or, or things that, that transpired. Individuals that have just come out of their first Mother's Day without their moms or moms or uh, parent, their mother being here. There's a lot of activity, a lot of anxiety, a lot of emotions that are moving across the earth. But the thing that we understand, even though we do have these emotions and we encounter sometimes really great moments and sometimes very sad ones, that you are constant. And I pray for the people tonight that feel lost. I pray for individuals that feel like maybe you have abandoned them, though you haven't. I pray for those that are wounded of soul, wounded in their minds, their wills, their emotions, and they follow their emotions. I pray for the family of the police officer, the police officers that have been shot and killed over the last few months. I pray for those wives and the children or the husbands, their respective spouses, and I pray for people in the city of Stockton tonight. And we point toward them, Father, and we release the comfort of the Holy Ghost and, and that there are answers that bring about clarity. And I call them police officers. We call them servants of you because they're sworn to uphold your law. We pray for those that walk upright, that walk in integrity, that they not bear any longer the scapegoat identity that many in society have tried to give to them. But that these men and women that we remember Somehow people think that the uniform is the whole identity, but that's a husband or a wife. That's a son or a daughter. It's a mom or a dad. It's a sister or a brother. 
I pray for this country, for the people in it, that we cease and desist from trying to dehumanize one another. And that the love of God begins to, to is, is able to permeate through your people that are called by your name to help to release healing and wholeness to a nation of people that desperately need your influence. We sure do. I release healing into eyes, into ears tonight. I release the power of the love of God into all of the places where it is necessary. I speak to religious spirits and self-righteous spirits and just tell you to mute in the name of Jesus. That the voice of the true love of mankind, God himself, the one that loves us everlastingly, that your influence and that your voice is heard through your people. It is re received to those that, that are groping and desperately in need of it. And it answers questions, solves situations, turns things around, rescues people out of relationships that are dangerous to them. People that want to threaten them or threaten their children or whoever it is. That tonight is a night of supernatural deliverances all over this country. Yes. You say in your word that we are able to decree a thing and have it be established. And even as we look and see what you want us to see, and then we release it into the earth, you're the one that hastens over your word. You're the protector. You're the one that gives angels charge over people. And you give us words that activate angels even in the lives of people that are not walking with you. But somebody's praying for them. Somebody's praying for them. And we pray for every person in this country from, the, from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue on throughout. Skin tone doesn't matter. The fact that you love them is the reason that we pray so that we can learn to love too. And I thank you for that. I thank you that whatever the conversations are tonight, Holy Spirit, I know you're gonna have a good time and we're gonna flow with you I pray for the apostle of this house. I thank you for her. I thank you that we still have her. I thank you for all of the ministers that have just gone through or going through their first week of being licensed. I pray for those that are on the threshold of that and they don't even know it yet. In other words, Lord, I just like to talk to you about everybody and everything. So bless those that are here tonight. Thank you also for our, our new brother Rodney that is visiting there is from st louis i'm supposed to ask him if he knows what some kind of sandwich is but i don't remember what that is right now so. <laughs> but at any rate he's supposed to prove he's really from st louis <laughs> thank you for the joy of being in you in tonight's kingdom conversation amen, amen. all right yeah, i really am supposed to ask you something we have a member who i call jimmy and um he has moved basically moved to st louis but he and he is always telling us stories about St. Louis, and he says like there's some kind of food that you eat that's not really what they say that it is. And if you're really from there, you're going to be able to tell me what that is. I won't remember uh, unless I unless James part, uh, you know texts me or something. But anyway, it was just he was just I think it was more like wow somebody from St. Louis is in San Jose, but somebody from San Jose Santa Cruz is in St. Louis. So it all evens out, okay? That had absolutely nothing to do with what we're gonna talk about tonight. But that's okay, 
I asked uh, our producer for the night, and let me tell y'all who that is. The producer for tonight, and most of the time when I'm doing this program, is Crystal Kemp. Woohoo! And our camera person, when she's uh, totally focused, is Carissa Kemp. So I got a Kemp Square kind of thing, and and then the new the new one on the block, the new tech on the block, is LC. So <laughs> that's you. <laughs> You do know your initials. Okay, so uh, Leslie Choi, who is also, uh, has come on board to, to learn, and this is important because this ministry is expanding in being able to help others to uh, set up for small uh, types, of, not even small, just whatever the size productions. And we are ramping up to be able to do a lot of marvelous things. So everybody that starts to learn, well, this is this, and we're all, determined to be excellent amateurs, excellent amateurs, okay? We've got some professionals of sorts in here, and um, you know, and I could name everybody, and, and, and you wouldn't see them, but I see them, and I think they're all very cute, and they're all special to me. So I'm not gonna talk about them anymore either, but I wanted to do that tonight because sometimes you get so busy, especially when we have as many technical difficulties and things as we've experienced over the last month or so, and you can get so caught up in trying to fix things and being focused on it that you forget to say thank you. And so I'm saying thank you to everybody. Okay. okay. Speaking of which, my gosh, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, and my daughter. Here's another thing. Think on something, y'all, while I'm talking, because what I'm talking about is gratitude. I'm talking about being grateful. My daughter's birthday was yesterday, and I don't because I don't like my age being touted around by my mom. I'm trying to be a mom that doesn't tout her age, but she doesn't care if I care, and I'm still not gonna do it. But I will tell you this, that, um, and then she's fine with that. My daughter, as y'all know, is in her 20s. And I think most of you know this, but my daughter was born at two pounds, four ounces, at 28 weeks gestation. So she was about as big as my hand just a little bit longer than that. And she was an, is and was in all uh, ways a miracle baby. She was sewn into the womb because I had had some issues with uh, the other children that did not go full term. And she decided, even though they sewed her in to keep her, that my womb just didn't seem to be a place where she was gonna thrive, so she was gonna do better outside. And on the day of her birth, she tore those uh, threads aside. And I did really well in labor, because I didn't cuss at anybody. <laughs> I think the closest to it I, was to tell my husband at that time, her, her dad, to shut up. Because I got very angry at him. Now, I have a point with this. Because I'm in pain. I'm like turned over on my side on the bed. I'm not even going through regular labor. I'm going through having a child tear sutures in a very sensitive spot. Because she was making way. Her little head was butting against the clothes. Imagine a net that somebody is working and working to get a hole in it. That would be pretty much what, what I was encountering. And so I am in pain in that, uh, I'm in pain in that, in that scenario. And 
He's standing there holding a Coke in a can, chatting like it's nothing. And I looked at him and thought, I don't like you. Which I'm told that many women experience in childbirth that you did this, it's your fault. And if I could, I'd come out this bed and I'd hurt you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm repenting tonight. <laughs> I told y'all last week and week before that that I have, um, I've been learning to, when I uh, am in bed, before I get out of the bed in the mornings, to forgive. So I actually, I'm, I, I, it's kind of like I ask the Lord, well, who do I forgive? Who do I, who, who am I, who's up on my radar? If my brother comes up on the radar or any, you know, the, the, this, this, our church family or this person or, or somebody I don't even know. I've even had to go through a thing where I had to repent because I was upset with somebody I don't even know from a TV program that was on probably 10 years ago when I watched the episode of Say Yes to the Dress and there were controlling family members, and I was offended, and I forgave them, and I repented for my bad attitude with regards to this, because this has been lingering for 10 years, and it was like, all of a sudden, I thought about that situation, I thought, and how dare they? And I just cannot believe that anybody would, so there I was judging them, finding fault with them, and still offended. You don't think it means anything, but it's stuff that you're carrying. Do you understand? It's things that we carry. Our scripture is going to be um, tonight, the, the scripture, I'm, I'm going to get to some more of this, I believe. Uh, we looked at it a little bit on Sunday, but it is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to, I'm looking really at verse 2. But this is what I'm talking about. Now, can you imagine that you're watching a program and you see a, uh, where the girl is supposed to be shopping for her wedding dress. Most of y'all know, uh, are familiar with that kind of thing. And so they're just televising all these people that are buying their gowns and the different things they go through. And sometimes how everybody, oh, yay, you said yes because you found the right dress. And then there are others that are um, maybe not so impressed with it or whatever. And in this particular case, it was a whole family. They brought like mama and grandmama and sister and cousin and Auntie Ruby and this one and that one. And they're all sitting there. And the one that held the, held the purse strings was the grandmother. And she didn't like the girl showing her shoulders, and she didn't like this, and she didn't like that. And so basically, she just kept down-thumbing every dress, and they were saying, essentially, unless mama likes it, you don't get it. And so the guy, they had asked, well, she has to approve, yes, she has to approve it. And I thought, well, then the girl needs to sit down and let grandma get up and go find the dress, because, you know, and I got insulted. I was absolutely offended. That, that, that somebody, can you imagine, this is, can you, this is why I stopped watching reality TV. I felt like, you know what, I am getting upset with people that I don't even know. I got upset with those uh, bridezilla type of people. I mean, seriously, I would get so caught up in the stuff that I'm arguing with total strangers. I have an opinion about how somebody else should live their life, and they don't even know me. Never mind the fact that you're parading your life in front of me. It's still not my place in that sense to determine how this should be. Well, you shouldn't treat this person. Well, you need to do this. Well, you, and, and I mean, I would get indignant. I'd be emotionally overset. I'd come home the next day. I'd say, oh, my God, did you see that? I cannot believe that. And getting all caught up 
in the lives of strangers that have moved on, got paid to do what they did, and I'm still, I'm still bound. You carry those resentments, those thoughts, those emotions. Those things start becoming one with you. They glom onto you like a piece of sticky, chewed up bubble gum. They will start to stick to you. And you're carrying things that you don't even, something else happens, it gets submerged, it gets submerged because your life goes on and things go on. And what happens to that? It's getting buried. And then somebody wants to buy a dress or worse, they're just looking for, should I get green grapes or red grapes? And you have to weigh in on that and get upset because they don't wanna get the ones that you want them to get. And you start acting out the same things that you judged because you become one with it by taking it into emotions and not addressing it in the spirit to say this is not gonna be a part of me and I'm not gonna carry this. This is how baggage comes. Understand what I'm saying? So I had to repent, this, this repentance, I, I didn't have to, I chose to. And it's like, no Lord, I don't, I don't, I don't wanna carry this. And I'm, I was laughing over it, I laugh every morning when I start forgiving people, but I really laugh when they tick me off and I can't actually express that because you've already been forgiven. So what is the point of me going through the emotions with you now when you've already been forgiven? That it just doesn't make sense to me. So you're forgiven. And that means when you do whatever you do, you're forgiven and you'll see a smile. And I'm not even looking at a smile like I'd like to slap you. It's not like that. Because I think it's so funny and so marvelous that God looks out for our emotional well-being by giving us avenues and power sources, spiritual forces of power, such as the power to repent and the power to forgive that opens us up to be free of the judgments of other people because we keep freeing them from ours. And what was really fun about it, and I don't think we're actually live on Facebook, we're live, but we're not, we're having whatever, so they're gonna see it delayed. But I was on one of our prayer calls this week and I had another call, so I came on late. And what one of the team members said was, we've already received your forgiveness today. <laughs> so here's somebody waking up thinking, oh, Father, thank you so much. I'm forgiven today, which you actually can do. I'm forgiven. You know, PL has nothing against me at all. I, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is. But that's moment of even thinking towards a person. This person is not angry with me or I have been forgiven. It opens up that thinking to the realization even bigger than this human is the fact that God has forgiven me. And you can start walking every day of your life believing that you are forgiven. Because most of us don't. We don't. You know, you, you, you do a crime, yeah. You, you do whatever it is that you do. You know, I know I'm not supposed to do it, but uh, it was there, and so I ate it. Or, you know, you, you're trying to come off of sugar, and you ate sugar. Oh, that's it. Put you in jail. That's it. You just need to go to food jail, food, food prison, and, 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 and just be because you are such a wretch, you know, that you did this, or you, you, what we talk about. It's deeper than the food. It's See, you're so weak, you, you can't even, and you're so this, and you're so this. And many times, it is because we've held on to things. Like I said, it's, it's things that have become 
so embedded or buried by other stuff that we associate it as a part of who we are. And it doesn't have anything whatsoever to do with us. It's not us at all, but it's the way that we've been. It's what we know to do. Here in 2 Corinthians 4.1, as we looked at verse 1 on Sunday, where he said, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Well, when you walk around with a sense of condemnation, and when you walk around feeling like God is not forgiving you, or you've done something so horrendous, God can never forgive you, you don't receive mercy. You may eke a little bit of it out to others, but overall, you don't personally receive it. Because why should you receive mercy when you've been such a toad? Anyone? Ever been there? Well, see, that's religion. It doesn't have anything whatsoever to do with God. That's religion. That's what we've been told. That's how we've seen it. That's what we heard or saw somebody else go through something and heard them give that as part of their testimony. And so we thought that must be the way that it is. And it didn't have anything to do with God. It's what they said he said, but he didn't say it. Because this word of God, if he said it, you're going to find it in here. And when you find it in here, you're also going to find what he meant. Because there's so much more to it. And so the first lesson for you tonight in the conversation that the Spirit of the Lord is saying, remember, these are spirit-to-spirit conversations. These are not, I'm not talking to your emotions. Your emotions may be talking to you, but the Spirit of the Lord doesn't talk to your emotions. He talks to your spirit because it is a spirit, from his spirit to our spirit to bring us into alignment with the things that he has to release us from. Are you you're understanding? God is always, always about you and I, us, his people, walking in the freedom, the deliverance that he has. Now, we are the ones that go play the old music, and we're the ones that sing the sad songs, and we're the ones that drink the drinks that put us back in the thinking that gets us back into the behavior that puts us in those places where we wake up going, well, I shouldn't be here, but here I am yet again. He is the one that says, no, I, I release mercy to you, which I, as we were talking Sunday, which is like a scepter that has been extended to you. When you take hold of it, he will draw you out. He draws us out of places where we're being condemned to bring us, to, to let us understand you. If you live in that emotional state, because that sense of shame, that sense of condemnation, that all has to do with your feelings your emotions, your mind, your will, your natural vision. And it tells you, you are not living seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. You are living a earth-rooted life. I wanna make that very plain. It is rooted, if it's rooted in your behavior and it isn't rooted in Christ, it's in the wrong place. It's not the life you were born from above, born again to live. This is the, I get to live differently. I get to think differently and I get to say things differently. I don't have to accept what society tells me. Um, I don't have to have the expectations of aging. You all know how I am about that because it's like, well, they put you, this is what, you, what age you are and so you're categorized. No, I'm not. Well, don't you have this? No. I had my uh, annual checkup today, 
and they had to take all the blood work and all the other kind of stuff. And I was talking to the doctor about, you know, this and that and the other. And, and so, um, of course, they know your age. Um, and I get the usual, you don't look it. It's like, of course I don't. I refuse to. I, did never, I never bought in to the belief that once you cross a certain age, oh, you know, what's, that's the next thing to go. Soon as you hit, hit, you know, 21, it's starting to go downhill from there, baby. And then, you, you know, you hit 25 and you're supposed, you bought the, you're in your prime now, you're 30. Well, you know what, you're starting to go down. It, it, who, who, who makes these rules? Who are these people? <laughs> that you're giving this authority in your life. Well, you know. Medical science does say, I know what medical science says, but do you know what the Bible says? You know? And if you don't, we're not going to get into a fight about it. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're going to waste your energy having to fight with somebody over something that they're not going to believe. And then you crawl home and just have to go to bed because they've sucked up all your energy. You know, now I'm tired. You know? Oh, I thought we were going to do, no, I ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to bed. I spent three hours out there arguing with heathens. Well, how stupid was that? And the worst part, usually it's not the heathens. I spent three hours arguing with religious Christians. Who won? Nobody. Nobody. Well, brother, I just need to let you know. Well, first of all, When the conversation starts out like that, I suggest to you that in your head, no, let me say it right, in your head, I want you to just sit back, pull out your popcorn or cauliflower or whatever it is you eat, and just see yourself watch the show. Because they're going to act out. Now, when they're done, what do you do? Swallow take a sip of something to wash it down and say, wow, thanks for sharing and leave. Well, don't you have anything to say? Oh, as soon as the snake starts? <laughs> yeah, bye. Bye, because you can't get me to argue with you. I've caught myself going, oh, no, 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 what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm not going to be put on trial by the devil. Did God really say? Well, you want me to ask him? I can call him right now. He's right here. Oh, no, that's all right. We don't need it. Well, why are you backpedaling? Don't you understand? No, well, where is your God? He's right here. Oh, you're trying to say you're God? No, he's right here. Never leaves me or forsakes me. So where I am, he is. Yeah, well, if he sold this, that, the other, it's like, wow, dude, hold up a second. Let me ask the Holy Spirit what's going on with you so that we can see if we can minister. And then when you get that word that speaks to, he shows you something, it's like, wow, I don't know if this means anything to you, but blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then God will accept me. Yes, baby, because he loves you. I didn't come to fight you, but I did come to fight for you. That's the difference. Now, how long does it take to get there? Our whole lives. 
our whole lives. <laughs> Every day you wake up and you forgive somebody, and then, and then somebody, somebody goes and does something, and you think, well, you know, that was not on the list. I was fine with this, and then the other, but you know, I came home and the last of my stuff is eaten. No, see, now that wasn't on the list. I was forgiving them for, for this and for this and for this. But I set that aside for me. And I'm gonna come home and they talk about, oh yeah, I ate it, it wasn't that good. Oh, we gonna. And the Holy Spirit says, you said that you forgave everybody for everything. I said, yeah, but I didn't know about this. You didn't know about any of it. Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. For you do not lead us into temptation, but you deliver us from evil. Now that does not mean that in that moment, you look at that person and say, evil, I've been delivered from you. Because <laughs> it will cause a fight. It will cause a fight. Who are you calling evil? And you know what's gonna happen. I'm calling you evil because you stole my son. At least I can call you a devil, you know. Don't go there. Just know that you have reached your maximum amount of words and it's time to go in your room and shut up or get with God and listen. Because, and that's another thing I just want to tell you. When you've reached your maximum words, meaning I have just reached the end of my moments to be able to talk to this person, leave. Don't say anything else, especially when you want to. When you feel, when you feel like telling them, I'm going to tell you just how I feel about you. That is the time to be quiet. Do you understand? Because what you feel is your emotions. But what you don't understand sometimes in those moments of heat is that those words, when you send them out, are swords and shards that are cutting into another person's soul. Now, isn't it interesting? We can dish it out. We don't want to take it. But it will hit. What will it hit? Well, we think, oh, it just hit a wounded part of me. Well, it hit the part that you feared the most. It hit, verse 2, the hidden things of shame. The school in scripture says the hidden things of shame. That's the New King James Version. The King James Version says that we, the hidden things of dishonesty. It's the parts of you that you, what I was talking about earlier, the parts of ourselves where we are still connected to whether it's the offense of the, the family doing the thing with the wedding dress or the way that somebody said something or something somebody said to you a long time ago and you just tamped it down and it got caught in, it, it got buried over other emotions. And when you're triggered by something or, it, or a subconscious or unconscious action starts to be triggered and you recycle. I, I, this is, I'm, I'm really excited because um, as I was sharing a little bit on Sunday as, after Apostle Baker was talking about how she was awakened um, at about 1.55 or 1.59 a.m. Sunday morning, and the Holy Spirit was talking to her, and it was really about me, because I had made a cry for help. I had somehow 
because I had this this verse uh, is very real to me but I also know now that I've overcome some things so I, I want to kind of open this up for you a little bit and write your questions down tonight if you have them and we will address them because we're live but we're not okay so um, what happened is that I had um, how many of you have watched Hidden Temperament Moments? No, that's helpful, helpful temperament moments. Okay, Hidden is up here, okay. Helpful temperament moments. Any of you caught some of the things that Dr. Baker is doing on Facebook, right? Okay, so you know she's been talking about Temperament 105. And now she's talking 106 today, I think. But she talked about Temperament 105 last week and a little bit this week. Any of y'all know what I'm talking about here? So, okay, well, the person that she, okay, do you know, if you do, then maybe you could have taken a guess as to who the temperament subject number 105, because she's talking about different subjects. And so subject 105, she talked about in terms of their, what we call inclusion or the way we take in things and our social orientation and so forth. She talked about, um, she talked about this temperament in, in, like she does all of them in the area of control, how we, you know, how we, what we need and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then she talked about them in affection. And so as it was going on, she was talking about how the, she, she takes us to the weaknesses of the temperament, the things which you can say the places in our, us that have been most affected by the sin in this world. And so instead of us manifesting or coming forth in the truth of who we were meant to be, we'll start living out of the weak areas, the places where, and what would you call weak? The places where Jesus is not Lord. The places where there's no word of God to anchor you. And I'm not coming as a therapist, obviously, because it's not what I do. I have been trained by Dr. Baker in this case, um, oh, in some of this over the years, so because I can use it to a degree in counseling with great supervision, okay. But I do understand from a from a perspective as you look at this, it's like, well, if you're talking a weakness, in my weakness, God is strong, which means that in the areas where God has not been, I will let Him in, and the strength of God will overcome the weaknesses of being without Him. Empty. Do you are, are you catching what I'm saying? You're at your strongest in places where Jesus reigns. You're at your best when you are following, when you are connected to the Spirit of God, connected to the Word of God, and flowing in the will of God. That is our best days ever. The height of your creativity when you're in the midst of uh, what God has called you to do. I, Michelle is currently doing something right here in this house, and I find that so exciting. Because I don't know how many of y'all know that she is truly an award-winning designer. I'm serious, Art Digest magazines and so forth, and she's amazing. And to know that she's in our house, and she's doing her creativity. Well, see, to me, that's saying that the flow of the Spirit of God, the Spirit-to-Spirit -spirit connection, and the suddenly just knowing and the ability to see and getting the picture from the hidden place on the inside of her to be seen on the outside, that is, she's at her at a high frequency of creativity because of the connection to the Spirit. Do you understand what I mean? When you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you're at the highest places of your ability to function in your calling or in your gifting. 
And so award-winning, awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping, absolute amazement, and I'll give you all the word, totally gobsmacked moments <laughs> of um, what we'll see. And knowing just by this, because I told her I'm not even going to look, I know that it's going to be layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of impact. You know, you go in and you see something, and you go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you're captured, but you know you only got a snapshot. You didn't get everything. And then when you go back, you notice this, and you think, wow, that was, I didn't see that before. And then this, because it's layer upon layer that the Spirit of the Lord starts to reveal. And then because the purpose of the room, being in a place of prayer, being in a place of peace, being in a place where he's designing through her to make his presence known to us. Your creative expression is God expressing through you to make himself known to others. But when we operate from the weaknesses, he's not being seen. That's when you hear, what kind of Christian are you? And stuff like that. Because, because typically we have weakened ourselves to go to emotions and we're not living spirit. In your weakness, you're living flesh, earth, life, low frequency. When we're spirit to spirit, we're living high levels, high degree of power because he is present and the Bible tells you it is God who is all the while at working you, effectually at working you, um, energizing, creating, causing himself, his work, his goodness to be seen through you. God is all the while doing that and that's Philippians 2.13 amplified, my paraphrase of it. God does it. God does it. When I say I did it, it's got to be something that needs to be dumped. Because if my fingerprints are all over it, but God's fingerprints are not coming through, it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. It doesn't have eternal value. Spirit to spirit conversation leads to lives being changed for an eternity, not just for a moment. That's why when you, you hear different ways of saying it, when it's like if you're trying, if I'm trying to live to please someone, like here I was talking about my daughter, and I'm blessed that in all these years that she's been in the earth, I have always liked her. Every parent doesn't get to say that, and I, I'm well aware of that but I have always liked my daughter. Not just loved her, but we didn't go through a lot of stuff. I'm not telling you we didn't have moments. I'm telling you she didn't become despicable and despised in my eyes. And she never disappointed me either. She lied to me once, but I had told her something. I said, well, I'll find out and you'll tell me because I command truth. You can't lie to me in my house. You can lie to me. I may know it, I may not know it. Doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter because the truth will come, you see. And so she finds herself coming back having to confess because she lied 
And I told her, I said, you know, prior to this, if anybody had ever told me that you would do this and so, whatever it was, I don't even recall what it was, I would have told, or I would have told them that was not true because I could trust you. I said, well, what you've done just told me I can't actually say that anymore because of where you are in your life. And then I told her, now I'm going to have to explain something to you. I don't know what it is that's going on with you, but I am not the parent to get to know the name of the vice principal of anybody's school, and they're not to know who I am. So whatever it is that you got going on, you're going to fix it because this is not who I am, and I'm not going to do this. She prayed. Over time, she changed. She told me, she said there was something about, and I didn't do anything overt, you know, but she said there was something about knowing my mom is not telling people she can trust me that had her say, I got to get that back, and she did. She came and told on herself, you know, I was supposed to do this, but I did this instead. I, I mean, it was like... It was almost a comedy. And then I did this, and then when you, you know, when you said to do that, I took that. I mean, she was just confessing everything, and it's just like, wow, I didn't do a thing. But the Spirit of the Lord was saying, don't you dare hold her in contempt. And don't you punish her for telling you the truth. You see? And he works some things out in me as well. And so I was very, very blessed that this young woman that she has become, I like her just as much as I like the child that she was. My worst moment with her as a child was when I was trying to buy her something pink and she let me know she wanted green. And here's my hypocrite moment. Just like I was talking about say yes to the dress. When she didn't want what I wanted to buy her, I told her you get nothing. I'm buying you nothing because I was offended. How dare you not like my taste, right? Okay, so all that lightened up. Now let's go back in. Verse 2, uh, verse 1, you have to receive the mercy because he has just connected it for us that when you receiving mercy allows you not to lose heart. Can you see that? So wherever you feel hopeless, tired, drained, like nothing's going to change, like giving up. There's no mercy in your soul, if you will. There's places that there's room for you to receive divine influence. Now this word mercy, what he's talking about here, he says it, it is defined, it's the word, um, <laughs> that's cute, elio, elio. Yeah, it's got, it's got my name in there. All right, and what it is, uh, it means compassionate by word or deed, to have, uh, to be helped um, when you're afflicted or to seek help, to seek aid. It means to help the afflicted or to bring help to the wretched and to experience mercy. That's what he's talking about. And that's a very different um, word there, but what the Lord is saying, it also means um, compassion or pity um, this, here it's talking about received. It's to be received. So it's a phrase, receive mercy. Allow God's compassion, which is, what is his, his compassion in this case? His heart that says, 
I do see where you are, but I don't want to leave you there. So if you'll let me help you, that's the scepter being extended. If you'll take hold of that, which means you let me help you, I will draw you out of this. And I, as I read verse 2, we have renounced the hidden things of shame or dishonesty, uh, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. I was crying out to God. I said, because I've had wounds. I felt some things go on a couple of uh, months ago. And it affected my heart. And then when people were dying and some other stuff was going on, I felt ineffective. And uh, it was a place of grief. And uh, you can feel like, well, what's the use? And I, you think I don't go through that? Of course I do. But do I always sound like a cheerleader? As much as possible, absolutely. Is that being phony? No, it's coming out of darkness. But we can focus so often on helping everybody else and not listening to what you're saying. I watch people. I watch when there's uh, the trend of, of social media is to keep chatting when, when a message is going on. Um, and we're not live right now so, as far as I know, so I'm not talking about them. But um, people that always have to repeat, they have to parrot everything that you say. What that says to me is they're not listening. They're not listening. They are avoiding. Truth has just come, and they don't want it. Because that thing that they think that they are is feeling threatened. You see? It's like, oh, this is not, I've had people, I've heard people, oh, there's no peace here. Can you tell me what peace is? Because most of the time they cannot. No, I can't, but I'm agitated. Well, then that tells me there's a lot of peace here, but the demon that you're walking with is not feeling good. And you, you all know I say that. Yeah. Okay, well, you know me. Imagine yeah. when I'm meeting someone, and I say this kind of stuff to people. It's like, well, you may be feeling uncomfortable, but are you really feeling uncomfortable? Or let me ask you this. Do you feel uncomfortable, but at the same time you want this? Yeah, that's well. Then I want to let you know, this you got to be very careful. You cannot say. See, repeat after me. I will not say. It's because you got a demon. But I am going to tell you that what's happening is in those moments when they feel agitated, it's because it's a spirit to spirit occurrence happening. Your flesh is feeling the war, if you will. But the spirit that is true has come onto the scene and is commanding. And the demonic is crying out, have you come to us before the time? Don't you dare try to cast me out. I belong to this person. Even if they're not inhabiting totally, but they're influencing. When you sat itself in a church and somebody started preaching something and you got mad. I mean, you sat up there and you look like a puffed up toad. And I've seen you. Okay? And you're sitting there and it's like, they don't need to be talking about this. I told them this in confidence. They got the nerve to be standing up there talking about my life. I can't believe you're going to just explode. I have told you this, and I'm going to tell you again. If you don't change your expression, nobody knows. Nobody's turning around looking, oh, that must be you. They don't actually care. 
as long as it's not them. <laughs> right? But when they're starting to read your mail, because I mean, haven't you ever been in a church where, amen, oh, that's the truth, that preach, preach. And then they say some other little thing, and that person they say, doesn't say a thing. It's like, oh, you don't have an amen for that? It's probably because you got to owe me. They're talking about you. I can't amen me, but I'll amen talking about you. He needs to hear this. <laughs> the way you treat, the way you acting, you need to be, you, you, don't you miss a thing from this message. You hear me? This is for you all day, every day. This is, you. God was talking, and you, I hope you heard it. Well, did you hear it? No, you only heard, this is for him. This ain't for you. Why? Because the spirit that would have had to go was trying to block your ears or block your eyes, or shift your, uh, shift your attention. Yeah. Like a bunch of monkeys trying to play with you. Very serious, right? I know this is helping, it's just like yeah. crunch, 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 crunch. What am I doing? Walking on eggshells, crunch, crunch, crunch. Walking on eggshells, crunch, 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 crunch. Why? Well, first of all, get your stupid eggshells off the floor. They don't belong there. Okay. <laughs> After she cut me. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden it got hot in here. No. <laughs> now, when you perceive mercy and you want others to be free, you let love make the shift because love is the extension, and mercy is an extension of love. God's love, the only kind of love there is. There, you know, all these, well, there's arrows and there's this and there's this. Yeah, we're talking about all of the different emotional expressions, but love is God. Okay? And even those emotional expressions are to be the way He expresses desire, the way He expresses friendship, the way He expresses just that joy of being with us. It, it, it's like that all the time. But we keep thinking because of shame or not receiving mercy that we have to earn it, which means you go around feeling very dismal and looking depressed because you're never going to be able to earn something that you already have. How do you earn what is freely given? Okay? So I want you to question yourself on these type of things. And verse 2 again, renounce the hidden things of shame. And so I had, and I had all of this pain and all of these things going on. And I started, I, I started just shifting a little bit in the way that God had said for me to eat. And so here I was going through this supernatural uh, shift and getting rid of the excess weight. And suddenly, I somewhere disconnected. I forgot what he said. It starts out, oh, you can just do this, and I'll just do this, and you start exchanging, or you start doing this. and that. See, the, this message is not about, this conversation is not about food, not physical food, but it is about the difference between spiritual food and wrong influences or things that you have eaten from a long time ago that it's time to get them out of your body. Our sister Ann likes to detoxify. And so this is what I'm talking about, the detoxification of our beliefs 
getting rid of funky old thinking that has absolutely nothing to do with your identity. Ceasing and desisting from associating with the demonic as though it were a part of who you are. We are not who Satan says we are. We're not even what we used to be. And so every time those emotions, hidden things, things that have been submerged, secret, well, the Bible lets you know that anything hidden or concealed, God has the key to open it for us. And how much more wanting to get rid of the corruption, the word is actually kruptos, the concealed, the private, the hidden, the inward secrets. The secret things, I'm not talking the sneaky and the uh, deceptive ways that people are because they just like to manifest that way. But I'm talking about the sneaky, deceptive things that have been on the inside of us that have sabotaged us because it hides from truth. How? Expressions, explosions of temper, crying, uh, laughing all the time, making stupid jokes in an inappropriate way or moment or something, self-protection type of things. And the biggest one, excuses. Well, you know, it's not, it's like really seriously, stop. Don't do it for me. Do it because you want to live. And because you are actually destined for the best life you could ever have. But these things, these little pesky, hidden Things that the Spirit of the Lord in our soaking time every Sunday is revealing to us to get rid of. So when I called her and I told her, I said, this scripture, it means not walking, it says not walking in dishonesty, the hidden things of dishonesty, which is also shame or things that dishonorable conduct, confusion of a person who's ashamed of something. Well, I was raped. Well, why would you be ashamed of that? Did you do the raping? No. Okay. Well, what about, you know, we always talk about that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you were raped in this. Um, I, this I, you were molested. This happened, that happened. Never treating any of that lightly. But you know there's another mercy group? The rapist. Who is now born from above but knows that they did it. The molester who finally got delivered from all the things that tormented them and now are saved but they will never tell you that they were a molester are you kidding me come into our prayer circle <laughs> let's have this lovely prayer time and here you are sitting there and you've done some dastardly something you were a rapist or you were a molester or you were a, a, a thief or a, a, I don't know there's all kinds of little ugly things that you could have been murderer. murderer well murderer they would actually kind of accept a little bit more so <laughs> because you know if you're a molester if you were a molester if you were a rapist they still want to kill you you see because here's what's going to happen i'll tell you what would happen in all, in in a lot if you're not delivered and that hidden stuff is not gone and somebody comes along and you're in ministry, 
And the Spirit of the Lord says they're about to tell you something. And you need to sit still. And they tell you that they did this and it did this. And the story they tell could have been yours. Where will your compassion be? If you instantly default to victimization, you associate that person and what he or she told you with what happened to you. What happens? Well, nothing good. Why? Because somewhere in it, I mean, it's an evil situation. But what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to tell you is that you can't live in that, tell her to come back, that thought. You can't put yourself back in the victim's place. And if even me saying what I just said causes you to think about that happening to you, can you see that that thing still has a hold on you? Oh, yeah. That's the hidden things. Okay, I'm gonna share something with you, ma'am. Um, when he says, you don't walk in this, and you don't handle the word of God deceitfully. You don't handle the word of God deceitfully, okay? It means that you don't adulterate it. Don't be ensnared or try to corrupt it. Don't try to form it to believe what it wants, what, what, what wrong things want you to believe. Don't try to take what God says and find ways to punish yourself for it. Mm. And I'm going to say this to you, my, my darling, back there. Your emotions, look at me, your emotions want to take authority over your power. And you're not going to let that happen. Okay? I'm going to tell you why. Because... There are choices to be made when the evil comes. The first thing is to get the vision from God for what he has in mind. Not what the people say. Not the fear. Not the emotions. Not the, 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 not the fear. Fear is both an emotional state and it's a spirit. Put the other label up. Spirit to spirit, this conversation, and I want you to hear this, okay? Spirit to spirit is when the spirit of the Lord is releasing his word into our hearing, not your natural hearing, not the part of you that zones out because you're too busy playing video games, not the part of you that's sitting there with the menu in your head and thinking of this and thinking of that. He's going for the, the part of you that the raw you, the part of you where the power surge can take place and begin to move on your behalf. You've seen, how many of you have ever seen what the power of the word of God spoken could do? 
You've experienced it in your physical body. You've experienced it in your life and so forth. But because it's because you've got places and hear me, hear what I am saying. And you take this like a punch in the face that is not going to take you out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Take it. You take it and you do something with it. Because you have not determined within yourself that no matter what the story, God is the truth. You can still be knocked out. So you look at yourself right now and all the things that are going on. Because when I said that thing about the rapist and the, and the molester, it's like, oh no, would they be welcome in our circles? Oh, y'all know what I just said. Okay. <laughs> what? In a civilized circle, well, well, the Bible says and such, for some of you were this, some of you were this, some of the, some, the people out there are perverted, they're this and this and such for some of you. What do you think the body of Christ is comprised of? <laughs> Who do you think is here? All the good little cupcakes? <laughs> no, liars, thieves, <laughs> murderers, molesters, rapists. Same kind of folk that's out there in the world. Came out of the world and came into the kingdom. But the tendencies have then got to be removed from them. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And, and here's the worst group. You ready for the absolute worst group that ever came into the body of Christ? And the one that is the toughest to deal with? Victims. Victims. Yeah, more victims in a church sometimes <laughs> than you can, you, you can scarcely believe it. Victimized by the past, victimized by what somebody said, victimized by what somebody did, mostly victimized by our emotions. Is there any reason that the power of God can't change the circumstances in your family life? Any reason whatsoever that God is incapable of delivering with great power in your life, in, in your body, in your family's body, in your child, any reason whatsoever that comes to mind, and I'm very serious right now, that would come to your mind to think, well, maybe this would be a reason why he would not. And people think, well, he can't heal this person or that person because they're just such a straight-up heathen. Jesus didn't pray for anything but straight-up heathens. There wasn't a saved person in the bunch hung on the cross with them. But every single person raised up a dead guy was probably, oh, thank you. So glad to be raised from the dead, you know, the widow. Because it, wasn't a, it could not necessarily have been a good outcome. Jesus did not heal Christians or good people. Oh, please save this one because she was so good, Dorcas. She was so kind. She was so this. That ain't why that woman was raised, you know, when the apostles went. This is not why, oh, she did this for me. So what you're saying is they're worthy to be healed. Right? They're worthy to be forgiven. Why? Why are you worthy to be forgiven? There's an answer. But it's not in your actions. It's in his. We're worthy because he made us that way. That's why. Why does he heal? Because it's his nature. And we don't have to come up with all these reasons. You don't, well, 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 yeah, you're digging one. 
God works in mysterious ways. His mercies to perform. What verse is that? Where is that in the Bible? Tell me what chapter. Well, I'm not quite sure. Then look it up. Because if you're going to come quote in some kind of trash like that, you're going to have to show me where it is. He never said that. Well, you know, sometimes the Lord, no, I don't know. Well, you know, but the mysteries of God are meant for us. It is our honor to be able to discover what he means. You with me? So we're attacking, I'm attacking your shame. And I'm attacking your dishonesty tonight. I'm challenging it with the word of God to say, what right do you have to remain as they learn who they belong to? And then God is saying, I see what they're doing, but I'm saying, come talk to me. He disrupted somebody's sleep to help me, his daughter, whose heart was saying, I am floundering and I do not want to die a failure. And what did he do? He brought me out. This is why I'm not ashamed to tell you all these things that I experienced because my God is awesome. And I am not about to be trapped in somebody's opinion of me and get locked out trying to live down to what somebody else thought. I didn't say up. Because as soon as somebody else's opinion is more to me than God's opinion, I have just shifted directions. Do you see what I'm saying? So here, I renounce. Now he said renounce. We have renounced. We have renounced the hidden things. If you have a concordance, it's uh, Greek 550, or uh, in the uh, Strong's concordance, it's 550 in the the New Testament. And that word renounce, it's apipomony or something like that. That's not my best pronunciation. He says it's to disown it, to declare, to forbid, to give it up. I renounce this. What? The shame of ever having been raped or having been a hoish type of person. The shame. <laughs> the shame of being a drug abuser or a trafficker. The shame of, uh, you know, the shame. And, and, and if you were a, any of those other things, you know, the one that victimized people, find the circle that you need to be where you do let it out, where you do say it. It may just be you and Jesus in the, in the prayer closet. I don't know. But I know that anybody that still says, yeah, but, well, if, if one of those people came in here, I tell you what, I would just, because when I was seven, this is what happened to me. Why does that still have power in your life? Are you not questioning this? Why does what somebody did to you, the rape or the murder of, a, of a, this or the robbery or the kidnapping or the, the, the theft of all of your stuff, you know, being fronted in front of everybody and embarrassed and shamed and, and they said this and people threw stuff at you and you were called names or your hair was pulled and, or somebody exposed you, pulled your pants down in front of everybody and took a picture of it and flashed you. I tell you, if it's your bottom, nobody knows your face. Don't worry about it. But um, whatever, they, they said something to me and it cut me. Yeah, it did. So let's cut it out. 
Why don't you disempower the words with these? These words don't have as great a power in your life if you can still be taken down by what somebody says. And I say it that way because it shows you there's a greater source, a greater amount of words. I don't believe the things that were said about me, that were said to me, I should say, that absolutely cut me to the quick. I went through an emotional paralysis that lasted for something like nine years. As a Christian, nine years of believing a lie. And so I'm saying to all of us, even if you get an evil report, speak the truth to it. Say what God has said. Find out what he wants you to say. This is your part, my, my darling. This is the instruction I'm giving. You find out what he wants you to say and you don't say another thing. If somebody asks you what you think about this, I don't think anything about that. I only know what God said. And you will find that this thing can go away in 21 days. Get what he said. How do I know? I actually met a woman. We saw her testimony. She was given a diagnosis of cancer. Y'all remember who I'm talking about? And we got to watch this, this testimony. She had 21 days, of, I think it was, no, three months. Well, it was 21 days. I think it was 21 days. She wasted four crying. And her father, her dad, came to her and he said, uh, Physician, heal thyself. You better get up or you're going to die. She saturated herself in the Word of God. This is all she did. She listened to scripture after scripture after scripture because she found out something that most of us, we, it hits your pride area. You don't know this word like you think you do. Because it's not knowing the word, it's knowing the person who is the word. And there's always room for more. She spent that time in that word, in that word. And at the end of the time when she went back, there was nothing there. Now what she did was drastic, but she didn't do drastic doses of multivitamins or this and that. I'm sure she did treatments, but the one thing she fed herself all day, every day, kept it playing, kept it going, kept it going. Why? Because it was creating an atmosphere of healing. My greatest financial breakthroughs have happened through the word of God, the word of God, the word of God, so that when the impossible came to me and it was time for me, by default, the, the demonic wanted me to say what I would usually know, be known to say if I defaulted, that would cause the blessing to leave. But because I spent those days in the word of God and it was just being saturated, when the time came and the impossible faced me, I laughed. And God sent somebody, this is not, I don't even know if this is my greatest one yet, because there's more to come, but God sent somebody to clean out a room or a purse or something and they found a whole bunch of money. 
And as they were thinking what to do with it, it's like, I don't want to go to the bank right now, but you know what? I'm on my way to go visit somebody. And they went to visit somebody, and they just still had the money with them. And then they were there, and, and, and my daughter showed up, and, and they were she was being talked to and asked about what did I, did I have, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, no, not yet. And the person just interjected themselves in the conversation and said, so what's the problem? Oh, yeah, they're just, we're just waiting for this to manifest. And it was like, well, how much is it? The amount of money they had in their purse. On the very day that I needed it, I had one hour. One hour. Yeah, you were witness. So was Crystal. Because Crystal kept calling me saying, is it well? I said, it's well. Is it well? Al said, Al said, do I, do I, do, do I need to go get the rental truck? I said, you know what? I, I don't, that's your faith. Don't, don't pull me into your faith. Okay, all I knew was I had one hour to come up with the last bit of money I was going to lose my deposit and lose the place that I was going to move into. And there was no possible place for it. And I got a phone call, and I was told, your daughter is on her way back, and she's bringing thus and so. My brother was in the front yard. I'm just telling stories tonight. My brother was in the uh, front of the apartment. I was in the back. Sharon, our Sharon, was outside picking rocks. And all they could hear, because I was carrying my rocks with me to the new place, was, I don't even know what I said. Thank you, Jesus. I know I said thank you, Jesus, and something, but I didn't really know what to say. I was dumbfounded. So I called Crystal. And she said, is it well? I said, praise the Lord. That's what I said to her. I said, praise, I said, praise the Lord. And she's like, yes, praise the Lord. Pray. Oh! Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, and we were both going on and on. Why? Because the answer that we desired and had need of is already in place. Do you hear me? The answer is already in place. So take a minute right now and praise the Lord. I'm releasing love into you and I'm releasing truth into you. Take it. Take the scepter and receive. There's nothing. Well, this is happening because I stop it already. This is why all that. Well, it's happening because I did this. That's why you wake up in the morning. And you say, Lord, I'm going to change the way I'm thinking about this situation. See, repent means I'm going to change thinking about being a wretch undone. I'm going to change about thinking that I am the only one that knows how to buy a wedding dress for my child. I'm going to change the way I'm thinking that I could tell a man how he's supposed to treat this woman. I'm going to change the way I'm thinking about the best way to grill a barbecued pork chop. I'm going to change the way that I'm the only one. I'm going to forgive these people. I'm going to forgive them for whatever it is that they've already, I, you know what, okay, they ate my last, I forgive them for that, and I'll find a new hiding place. <laughs> Sometimes we're very serious about, you know it would have to be they ate the last of the bacon. It's like, can you forgive them? Is this forgivable? Yes. It's forgivable. Right. Yeah. You got to. 
He's like, well, do I have to do it now? I'll forgive you while you on your way to the store to go give me some more, right? No, it does no conditions. All conditions are off the table. Whatever you're expecting, what he brought you here tonight to hear, from spirit to spirit, I got to the second verse, okay? You do, by manifestation of the truth. See, he says manifestation of the truth. The truth, what truth? The truth that is on the inside of you that God has released to you about the lie. What you have been thinking that is a lie, the truth is released. Well, then the manifestation of the truth, in other words, the truth to be seen will come. So what you thought, what I, I, I don't know if I have enough money for this, but God says I do. And, or I, I keep thinking that I'm a victim of something, but God says I'm not. And suddenly somebody comes along with that traumatic moment and you're able to minister grace to them because you don't identify with it anymore. Listen, people, I've been raped. I've been molested. I've gone through, I've definitely been robbed. Um, <laughs> I've been through a lot of things that are not worth talking about right now. But what I can tell you is I don't live in those places. And those things do not live in me. That's what we're talking about. Renouncing the hidden things. Okay, what, somebody touched you? I keep saying it because it's there in the atmosphere. It's not just forgiving. It's recognizing, wait a minute. Whatever that thing was that you did, it was driven by a devil. And the only reason for it was to hinder me from ever stepping forward. When you realize that the stuff that goes on in our lives, the evil that people do, is influenced by a spirit that is on assignment to stop you from coming forth the way God said, Amen. then you decide, you know what, if anybody's going to be a failure, it's the devil. Yes. If God can find it within himself, which he did, which the blood of Jesus says, to release me, then what right do I have to keep me bound? So just do this. In Jesus' name, I sever the soul tie, the connection of my mind, my will, and my emotion to the things that happened to me in my past. I break agreement with every judgment and criticism and fault-finding thought or action that I have ever had. In the name of Jesus, I have chosen to walk the way of righteousness in Christ Jesus. And everything, Father, that is in me, that is not of you, I call for the entrance of your word to bring light and expose that darkness and absolutely destroy it. I receive the love that the blood of Jesus has poured out for me to cleanse and cauterize every wound on the inside of my soul right now so that every place where I have had a problem trusting you, God, or believing you because of what my natural eyes see or what my emotions have remembered, I call for your spirit. I give you room, Holy Spirit, to do in me what's necessary to make me whole in the places where I am broken. Any stresses in my physical body that would be cancerous to my soul, stress, worry, anger, 
anything that has been eating away, fear that has been trying to eat away at my inside self. I receive the peace of God that surpasses understanding, that coats, that block, uh, uh, protects, and absolutely radiates the power of God's love into my inward parts. And I release that into the bodies of every son and daughter, uh, 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 husband and wife, brother or sister, whatever it has been that has been diagnosed with any form of cancer, that has been diagnosed with any form of, of um, stroke, heart attack, any malady against their nervous system, any kind of um, disease that has been trying to eat away at them. In the name of Jesus, we release the healing power into those places to detoxify their bodies of everything that has connected to a cancerous spirit. And we speak first to the spirit and we say you will grow no more, but instead you shall know no one will eat fruit or feed you anything else. We release the faith of God in himself into those situations and we release the love of God and the truth of God and the will of God to be made known in the relatives, in the church members, in the ministers, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers that have these things have come on an assignment against them, we say that we look at you in the spirit and we say you don't even get to form, that the observer effect is in effect. We see you trying to form and we call you down in the name of Jesus. No weapons formed against them shall prosper. You shall not thrive in anything that you have attempted to do. We cancel the assignments of the demonic against the people of God that are the called of God, walking according to purpose, and those that you love. Nobody's left out. We praise you and we thank you for a cleansing. We thank you, Father, for a rushing of the blood of Jesus in those places. And we come against doubt with the faith of God. We come against fear with the love of God. We come against lies with the truth of God. We come against stress with, with, stress with the peace of God. We come against sorrow and sadness with the joy of the Lord. We come with the forces of heaven. We come against doubt and unbelief with faith. We come with the forces and the violence of heaven to take by force that which you have promised. Whatever your promise of the destiny of these daughters, whatever your promise of the destiny of these sons, whatever your promise of the destiny of these marriages, we speak and we, we call for a rebuking of the spirit of death and the spirit of life to thrive and for the angels that are assigned for just this moment to move into place and to do what you been released to do in the name of Jesus. I speak to every pain or malady in the physical bodies of anybody under the sound of my voice right now. And in the name of Jesus, I tell you to loose your hold and be gone. You are not to touch and never to return in the name of Jesus. I speak to emotional pain, and I say that you awake to righteousness, that there is hope that springs up on the inside, and a belief that this time things will be different, and that the belief that you have is the belief that will manifest for you 
in the name of Yeshua. And I speak to those finances and these other circumstances and situations that have had people tied up in knots, being tossed to and fro by the doctrines and the beliefs. And I severed those connections in the name of Jesus. And we praise you, Father, on the authority of your word, that the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, enters in and cuts through and brings your people into destiny. In the name of Jesus. And we release the joy of the Lord and the vision, the ability to see something different from what you have seen in Jesus' name. So the manifestation of the truth shall be seen this day in the name of Jesus. Well, we're not actually live on Facebook, but I want to say to those, because it's going to go live later, um, we had a wonderful time tonight. And Holy Spirit is not finished. And so the same anointing that has been here, the presence of God, the tangible desire of God, we're releasing really the pleasure of God into all of our lives, the pleasure to deliver us from these things, the pleasure to restore, the pleasure to put you, I'm going to just say this, to make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Don't chase anybody anymore. You hear me? You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are not subject to the will of man. You are a subject of the kingdom of God, a citizen of the kingdom of God, then you are subject to his will and his will only. And when God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you because God says this. This is your promise. When a man's ways please the Lord, it causes even his enemies to be at peace with you. Take that as a truth. It doesn't matter. People will judge you for the rest of your lives. But Jesus has freed you for an eternity. All right. So thank you all. Um, Astounding love, those of you that are watching this online, as we're still receiving the tithes and the offerings and the, and the seeds and so forth and so on. And so even if you're after the fact, please um, go ahead and do what you know to do. I want to thank you. We are praying for you. If you have prayer requests and all those different types of things, please contact us and let us know. And we've got some really super announcements, super duper like, to be releasing about some of the programs and things that are going to be going on in a few weeks. So I want to thank you again for being a part of uh, what we have been doing tonight and thank everybody that's been in here. Y'all received? Yeah. I'm telling you, you know, we used to do this program and there were only like three people in the room. I'm serious. There were only three and I'm going to tell you the truth. I thought, well, maybe I should just do it from home. And the Holy Ghost said this, you show it. He told me, I, I you know, well, I don't want he said, if you show up, I'll fill it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> and so I see. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Pastor Lindsay, and we were releasing the prayers over you, the astounding love of God, and invite you to join us for Biblical Solutions for Life on Sunday at 1045 a.m. Good night. Thank you. Amen.